Razavania for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. With me all the way from California, I see the sun's out. My man, Ryan Garcia. Ryan, what's going on, champ? Nothing much. Just chilling. Just, uh, yeah, chilling. Thank you for giving me a few moments uh, of your time. Uh, I'm sure you've got, you haven't got much to do anyway, so I don't know why I'm apologising. probably just bored at home. Hey, yeah, the, man, if somebody's not available, they're lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chad, before we even talk about boxing or anything, uh, we're living in a bizarre world at the moment. Um, you're probably sitting in the, in the worst hit country in the whole world with this whole coronavirus. Um, what was your instant reaction? Let's go a couple of months when you heard about the virus. Did you actually think it will come down to this stage and how serious it's become? Uh, I didn't really know what kind of magnitude it was going to have until they, uh, I think, labeled it as a pandemic. And then I started freaking out because that's going to change a lot of things. And it did, you know, from not even just boxing, just the whole world, you know. And it kind of was a little alarming and I was kind of, kind of worried. But, you know, you got to adjust to what's your surroundings, you know what I mean? You got to adjust. And that's all I was uh, thinking at the moment, you know, how am I going to adjust to this and how do I keep moving forward? So I've been just, you know, working on that. I know it's, uh, it's easy for me to ask you what you've been up to, but from your social media, it looks like perfecting that left hook. <laughs> yeah, man, I, shoot. That's what I've been doing. That's what I do a lot. You know, I like to perfect, perfect, perfect certain punches. You know, I don't, I like to repeat certain things over and over again. Uh, I don't just go in the gym and start training. I just try to work on specific moves over and over again until it comes second nature. How has the local community been? How has been the reaction? Here in the UK, there was the people were flocking to the supermarkets and here, toilet tissue was the most wanted thing. What about in America? Was it similar? Oh yeah, same thing. You won't find, you wouldn't find toilet paper anywhere, man. They start selling toilet paper on the streets. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was that type of thing. Um, let's talk about fighters generally. You know, you guys don't get paid if you don't fight. That's the reality, you know. I know some fighters were actually in training camps, so they paid in a lot of money, invested a lot of money in the camps and sparring partners, and then shows were cancelled. So is it tough being on the outside when you're not being paid? You know, fortunately for me, I have a lot of uh, other resources, but I know that for other boxers, it would be very tough right now because you don't get no money other than boxing. And, you know, when, when you know, your money only comes from one income, it's very hard. I understand that. So, you know, I feel for those fighters and I feel for, you know, people that have to wait, you know, because it, it is hard, you know, because you got to feed your families, you got to do a lot of things. And, and that money's not coming in, you know, where is it going to come in from? So uh, I definitely feel their pain. Ron, you're only, what, 21? Yeah, 21. Still, still young. Regarda has been given the biggest contract for a, for a young fighter, uh, financially, that is. Um, what was your reasons for getting into boxing? Is it something that you've always loved from a young age? I got into boxing because it was one-on-one. -on -one. I don't really, when I was playing baseball as a kid, I told my dad, you know, I don't like really playing on the team because I didn't like, you know, if they messed up and they would, I would feel like I would have to blame them. And then I don't want to feel like, you know, responsible for anybody else but myself. So I don't know. I just always had that mindset that I would always do something one-on-one. -on -one, you know what I mean? And I, I think I strive better when it is one-on-one. -on -one. But was that 
fighter mentality inside you? Were you did you know that if someone punched me, I could take a punch, I can give a punch? When did you realize you had that? I definitely didn't have that as a kid. I wasn't very, uh, I didn't like confrontation as a kid. You know, I didn't like uh, fighting or anything like that. I love boxing, which is weird. I love that, you know, it brought something outside of me, you know, that killer instinct that I never even knew I had, you know what I mean? I was, and then even when I was boxing, when I would be done boxing, if somebody confronted me, I, would, I wouldn't want to fight. Like, it wasn't my thing. But, you know, as I grew, I gained more confidence and I know, I know that what I'm blessed uh, with inside. So I just, you know, respect that and humbly just keep, keep fighting in the ring. Ron, there's not many fighters in the game now currently fighting who have as many social media followings as much as you do for someone who's only 21 years of age. Do you want to give us a little bit of background on how you managed to secure so much, such a big following and what you did for yourself to enhance your career like that? Oh, I definitely had a vision when I was younger to become a big icon, not only in boxing, but on the social media platforms. So, you know, I just kept on thinking of new ideas on how to get bigger and, you know, what people would want to see. And, you know, people want to see speed. People want to see power. They don't really care about nothing else. They don't really care about technique. And I knew that. So I would just post videos that highlighted what I do and how fast I am and how strong I am. And then it just so happened somebody else recorded me hitting a bag. And, you know, from there it kind of taken off. Like I was sitting this Cobra bag and, you know, it took off. And then from there, it's like the stars aligned. You know, I had my first TV fight. I knocked the guy out in 30 seconds. So it kind of just it was like a domino effect. And then before you knew it, you know, I was big, huge on social media. I mean, anything I post, it gets millions of views. And, you know, from there, I was just like, oh, let's just keep the momentum going. Just now I just got to win fights. And that's what I've been doing. Does that mean you've obviously started from a very young age? Does that mean you've had a lot of support from your mother, father, immediate family? Uh, with boxing? No, with, with just building up your social media following. Oh, and... no, not at first, no. They didn't really get it. Nobody really got it. Every Shoot. Even promoters don't really get it sometimes, you know? They just kind of look at it as, okay, he has that, but, you know, they don't think that it's value until it is valuable, you know what I mean? Because, to be honest, probably one of the most valuable assets you have right now. Um, you're defined a lot by that, you know what I mean? So... I'm just happy that I was able to capture it quick. You know what I mean? I was able to get my, my platform going and, you know, it's just a good way to connect to your fans as well. You know, you know, your fans want to see you. They want to see what you're doing and, you know, how your day's going. So I think it was great that uh, I was able to have this platform. Right now, the 135 division is completely stacked. And we'll talk about who those fighters are in that division in a moment, but from your perspective now, right now, what is it that you kind of want to achieve in boxing? Nowadays, everyone wants to become, and I'll quote it like this, Money Mayweather, without kind of going through the pretty boy Floyd part right. of his career. So what is it that kind of you want to uh, achieve? Uh, right now, I don't really care about a world title. I don't really care about any of that stuff because I feel personally anybody could get a world title if connected in the right way so to me I feel like I want to be the best fighter around I want to uh, be the most inspirational fighter and I just want to beat people that they don't expect me to beat and I'm saying that in the most humbling way because I'm very underestimated but 
you know, I just want to beat people and inspire the world and do what I do. And if a world title comes about that, then it does. If it doesn't, I, I care less right now. Just shoot, let me win, pay me what I'm worth, and I'm going to keep it moving. You know what I mean? I'm going to beat the guys I want to beat, and that's that, you know? So uh, that that's all. That's all I'm, that's what I'm thinking right now. Well, I've, I've seen many of your fights, and I've seen that you you love that ring walk. You're oozing with confidence when the crowd's cheering. It's going to be a little bit different now. You know, uh, I know ES Bob Arum's going to be doing a show next week, I believe, behind closed doors. And the UK shows are going to be behind closed doors in the next month or so. So I'm guessing you're not going to want to wait six, seven months before you get out again. But yeah. is it going to be difficult from a mental perspective to kind of go out there into a ring without fans cheering you, giving you that extra boost? No, because you rarely hear them anyway. You kind of just, you hear them in the ring walk and they give you energy, but in a fight, you kind of just zone in so much you don't really see them um, or hear them, really. Uh, but I think for me, I'll go back to my amateur days on how you fight with no audience and it's just your corners and a little bit of spectator. So I think I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you were scheduled, it looks like, to fight Jorge Linares. Um, fights obviously hasn't taken place because of the pandemic. Are you likely to go straight into that fight or are you going to look like not fight Jorge next and take somebody else because of the whole crowd, gate, money, etc.? Well, I would love to fight Jorge Linares. Um, that's who I called out after my last fight. But as you know, uh, the Japan travel restriction didn't let it happen. But... Uh, I'm willing to hop in the ring with anybody right now. I just want to box. Um, box, get paid what I'm worth, and that's that. Keep it moving. Let's talk about some of your rivals in the 135 division. Um, stack division. Haney, Teofima Lopez, Lomachenko, uh, Javonte Davis. First question is, out of that bunch, I'm putting you aside so you can't say yourself. Right. you say out of those four fighters is the best in the division? I think uh, the best out of the division was Devin Haney, in my opinion. Um, as of the young batch, yeah, Devin Haney. But, I mean, they're all great. They're all great. If you have an off day, you might lose. If you don't have an off day, you know, it might be a great fight. But to me, I think the way I prepare myself, and even when I'm not supposed to prepare myself, I think that would give me the edge on any of those guys because – you'll see my skill level go from here to there really quick because I'm not only trained by Eddie Reynoso, Canales training, but I have a mind where, you know, I'm looking to improve every single day in every aspect. So I'm interested to see how they're working. I, I don't know if they're working as hard as me, but I guess you'll get to see that in the ring. Uh, it really comes down to that because we could talk a lot how much we've improved and uh, how good we are until we're in the ring is when you see it. It's been back and forth between, you've seen recently with Teofimo and Devin Haney about how he's been given his WBC title and Teofimo yeah. quote are saying that he's two-time emo champion. Um, when you talked earlier about you can get a world title depending on your connections, is that kind of what you meant? I mean, like I said, these guys, they, they chased after a title and they did whatever they can to get it. Uh, in a desperate fa uh, fashion, instead of taking their time and taking it from somebody that you should have been taking it from, 
You know, you, I mean, I respect comedy or comedy, with comedy, comedy, Richard comedy. I respect his uh, talents and, but you know, he, to me, how was he the champion? You know, I mean, it don't make sense. It, it, to me, I don't make sense. And it don't make sense that Devin Haney, I don't know, I don't even know where he won his title from. And I'm not even disrespecting Devin, Devin Haney because I like Devin, but I don't even know where he won his title from. So to me, it's like, your opposition don't show champion, but you want to call yourself a world champion. How in the world are you a world champion? What world? So you're the best in the world. How, you know what I mean? So like the phrase world champion should mean you're the best in the world. And to me, none of them prove that they are the best in the world. So, I mean, that's just my opinion. Take it how you want. People can comment whatever they want. I don't really care. What about Javante Davis? I know you and him have had a few back and yeah. forths uh, as well. That's um, another one. Did he get a title at 135? Yeah, I believe it's a regular, isn't it? I believe so. From Gamboa. See what I mean, though? I was supposed to fight Gamboa two years ago, three years ago, for no title. That's why I say my last fight I told, uh, who did I tell? Devin Haney. I said, hey, if you're a world champion, I'm a world champion. <laughs> because to me, this don't make no sense. I'm going to start calling myself a world champion. Whatever. I'm a world champion. Hey, you're a world champion. We're all world champions. You know what I mean? Like, shit, we're all world champions. Who's really the world champion, though? Think about that. You, people are doing, like, you got to use your common sense on that word. What's a world champion? To me, Lomachenko right now is a world champion. As in, he got the title. He shows that he's a world champion. Um, he's beat some incredible opponents, and he's earned the respect of a world champion. So I want to take it from him, but I wouldn't also mind taking it for Javante Davis. I feel like that's deserving credit of a champion to be a great fighter like that. He's talented and has power and has speed. But these guys will accept titles for beating anybody. To me, how can you do that? And do you think that's a problem within boxing itself? Because we've got four governing bodies. The even myself, I, I, I genuinely think the WBA has way too many belts. Interim, regular, super champion. Is it a problem within boxing that's now getting out of control? It's all. I think to me, it's all of a marketing, uh, a marketing uh, strategy on to deem somebody that they're a world champion to make the fight bigger. Two world champions against each other, but you didn't need that back in the day, you know. Muhammad Ali versus Joe Frazier, one of them was champion, but you didn't need two world champions. You don't need, well, I mean, I'm sorry, Clashes Clay versus Sonny Liston. You don't need two world champions to make a big fight, a member of fight. All you need is the champ versus the challenger. And that's a great fight in itself because um, the challenger got to take the title from the champ. But I think it's a marketing scheme to make, make people, one, feel better, and two, to make it easier for people to win a world title because I guess it was hard. Uh, the champion didn't want to lose his belt, and he rarely did. So, so Ronnie, I think... Sorry, 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 go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, you, I'm done. <laughs> but well, the, if you were presented with an opportunity to fight for the, for example, the interim or regular WB, over, WBA yeah. title, would you consider yourself a world champion? Uh, no, <laughs> I just, I accepted the belt, and I was like, that's what I said, I'm just going to fight whoever. If you want to give me a belt, thank you, appreciate it. But until I beat a guy that I think is uh, credible, like a Javante Davis or Lamachenko, then you're going to really hear me barking. 
You think I'm barking now? Ooh, man, when I be one of those guys, man, they won't stop hearing me. I'll be louder than ever. Well, the last time I heard you, not scream and shout, and I don't want to use the word barking because I don't know if that's the right terminology for me to use, but it was obviously when you were frustrated with, obviously, Oscar De La Hoya. Um, but obviously, you've patched things up since then. Uh, you've got yourself the biggest deal. But do you feel like promoters, and I'm not talking about Oscar here, but generally, you can talk about Al, Bob, Eddie Hearn, Oscar. Do you feel like protecting the fighters? Do you feel like they don't want them, the fights to go on other networks and have those big fights? I feel like, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, there's no other way to look at it. They are protecting. It's not like the UFC, you know, the UFC will throw in their guys right away. It's not bad, you know, protecting your fighter, but it, it, it is weird when the fighter wants to fight. You know what I mean? If the fighter don't want to fight, then, of course, protect him in the way. But if he does want to fight, let him go. Let him have it. If he gets his ass whooped, tell him don't ever do that again. See what I mean? Let your kid get a spanking. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's my take on it. You know, I feel like these these uh, promoters will try to protect you as best as they can. But at one point, you got to let him fight. And uh, that's what I'm here for. I, I just want to fight the best. And win or lose, I know I'll give a great fight. Uh, and I will train that I don't lose. And I'll go insane in training camp where if they beat me, this is why I tell my, my dad and my uncle and anybody that trained me, if you beat me, you're a bad motherfucker. I ain't gonna lie, you're a bad dude because shit, I'm gonna be training hard, I'm gonna be throwing my punches. And if you could somewhat survive and come back and beat me, credit to you, but let's have a rematch. But that's how boxing should be because we're all very talented athletes. When an NBA team loses, they have a chance to come back the next year and win. Why isn't the respect for us when we're fighting and getting our heads bashed and getting punched in the face cut? Why don't we get that type of respect? Yeah, we lose, but can we come back and try to win? Because it doesn't mean that we're going to keep losing. It just means we lost that night. But I don't think boxing gets that type of respect, and I think they do need that. Well, let me get your opinion. Recently, Floyd Mayweather was in the gym training Devin Haney. And I saw on social media where people were saying, well, Floyd, your superstar fighter, Javante Davis, is potentially going to fight Devin in the near future. This could potentially be a big clash. Did you see any conflict there of what Floyd was doing? Most definitely. That's kind of weird. But um, like I said, I think Mayweather and Javante have been having problems for a while. Uh, I think the respect lost some time ago. Um, but I think that Javante... I think he should take it personal. I would. If Oscar was training Javante or somebody in that source, I would be like, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, to be honest. But um, I don't know how Floyd and Javante's relationship is, to be honest. I, I really don't. Um, so I don't know how they work. But I know that Javante wasn't too happy about that. I wouldn't be. But um, kudos to Devin Haney getting good work from a legendary fighter. You obviously encountered with Canelo. Um, Andy Ruiz has joined the camp as well. It's like a Mexican trio in, 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 with Eddie. Um, how's it been training with someone like Canelo on your side? Obviously, he's regarded as people's top three, top four pound for pound fighter in the world. He should um, be the top pound for pound, but I mean, it is. Yeah, he has the best resume, in my opinion. He's fought a lot of big fights and he's won them. Um, he hasn't lost in a long time. and. Actually, he hasn't lost since Floyd, right? 
Yeah, so I, I don't understand why you wouldn't put him as top pound for pound. I mean, Lomachenko, I guess he's a great fighter, but I mean, resume, I guess, been okay, but hasn't been the greatest resume in the world. You can't, you can't lie here. You know, he's a great fighter, but you can't lie. He hasn't had the best resume. Neither has Terrence Crawford. None of them have had career-defining fights yet. At least Canal has fought Triple G. That was a career-defining fight. At least he did that. So why aren't you putting Canal as pound for pound? Like, what is it? I don't, I don't understand. Is it because he's not flashy enough? What, what is it? I, I, I really don't understand. I think he should be pound for pound right now. Training with Eddie, obviously, I know your father pays a lot of attention to your camps as well. But with Canelo in camp, have you learned a lot from him directly? You know, I learn more visually. So uh, just watching him, his patience, uh, what he understands in the ring is very valuable to me. And I have learned a few things from him, especially ring generalship and, you know, how to use all 12 rounds because he does that really well in sparring. Usually I like to get people out of there, but um, I guess some people you can't always do that to. <laughs> but we'll have to see. Maybe I will do that. But I will be ready for a 12-round fight. And I think I've learned that with Canelo's camp, that sometimes, you know, you won't hit him with that good shot. But, you know, I, I've been training those shots over and over again. And I don't know. I don't know. I think I could catch a lot of people with these shots. They're pretty quick. Don't blink. You might get hit. <laughs> Ryan, what's your weight like? Do you feel like you can go up another weight category in the future? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, I think I could I walk around 145, 147. So definitely can make 140s, the 147s. And then when I grow up more, I'll hit the 154s easily. And I have the height to do it, and I have the frame to do it. And I could get pretty big. I don't know if you've seen just a couple of my pictures. When I, I'm not in training camp, I could get pretty, you know, pretty, pretty tank-like, you know what I mean? No pun intended. But, yeah, I could, I could get pretty beefy. So uh, I think that uh, – I think I will be a multiple weight class world champion. I hope so, at least. Uh, I will be training every day hard for that. So we'll see. <laughs> Ryan, let me get your thoughts. Recently, a couple of legends announced that they want to come back and fight again. I want to get your reaction when Mike Tyson was looking unbelievable on pads, looking ripped, um, top off. Evander Holyfield, I believe he's training with Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, James Tony said, I'll come back. Shannon Briggs said, I'll come back. Are we going to see another explosive heavyweight division? That would be hilarious. Uh, not as in the disrespectful, but it's just funny to see, like, these fighters of the old, like, coming back. I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I don't know. It's different in the ring. The conditioning is different, but I think they know that. But um, it's fun to see. I want to see Mike Tyson back in there. Why not? Let's see Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield go at it right now. I want to see who's been, who's been training. <laughs> um, Ron, I'm going to end on this note because, obviously, in America, it's affected a lot of people. Um, obviously, last week, a video went viral with, George Floyd, uh, whose funeral I believe was a couple of days ago or yesterday. Um, since then, there's been a lot of protests, uh, a lot of reaction from the kind of uh, African com black community, if I may say. Um, what's the situation like in California and kind of what are your thoughts around everything that's happened? Yeah, uh, it's been a lot of protests and, uh, uh, and rightfully, uh, but um, it's just 
it's just this has happened before and it's happened too many times and i think people now are fed up and um you know i think that to invoke change you need to have you need to come together and um come up with a plan for that change on how to prevent things and hatred from killing innocent black lives i mean to be frank black lives right now um because that's what we're focused on so you know right now i think we all have to come together protect our humans because we're all humans but we have to protect our black community from getting innocently killed from authorities and from people that are just plain out racist and it's just hatred but we could protect ourselves if we come together and uh evoke change and make sure change happens so uh that's what i'm about you know i'm just about doing the right thing to me that's the right thing and anybody that tries to justify racism is just to me is just a little off it's just a little weird if you try to judge it or put pin it down because why would you pin down the right thing you know what i mean ryan do you feel like no one's born a racist no one is born to hate do you feel like in their upbringing it's who they're mixing with it's it's upbringing with their parents and not teaching the right things where do you think that problem lies well it definitely lies on it lies on well for america there's been a long history of racism so you know you get your some maybe some grandparents or you know your dad was a little racist so maybe it slips in you know what i mean uh and i think that this new generation we could all we could all now start start putting it into the younger generation's mind that it's just not okay that that it could i think i feel like it could be stopped in in a um i guess in a in a faster manner now because we have a lot of formats platforms to speak about it and i think change will happen this time but uh this has been happening a long time in america it's been a problem for a long time but it can change now because we have a younger generation that can be reached quickly before they get to an age where i know some people are just hard headed you know can't each a can't teach a old dog new tricks you know what i mean and that's what i feel you know um but hey we're going to all work together to make a change and it'll happen it'll happen ron i appreciate you giving me uh, 20 plus minutes of your precious time um <laughs> i can't see the biceps with the biceps <laughs> i don't got no biceps you know power don't come from muscles <laughs> well you got to have abs still right i'm sure the abs will be right? I mean, I, I, you know abs is there i'm sure. you know, I'm I'm eating chocolate and and donuts and don't tell my coach i might have taken a bite of few <laughs> <laughs> um just uh, just i leave the final remarks for you have you got any words for your fans who'll be listening across the pond everywhere around the world Yeah, definitely. Yo, shout out to my UK fans. You guys go crazy for anybody you guys support. I mean, I feel like UK fans are the best, <laughs> but that's my opinion. <laughs> but for real, uh thank you to all my fans also watching uh and thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. You guys are a great channel and keep supporting both of us. Thank you. Peace. Ryan Garcia for IFL TV. Thank you very much. Yes, sir.